Should have Hetty. He's a father, a fitness coach, and a loving, caring husband. Should have Hetty. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. This is always a difficult, even for me, because I'm actually someone I exercise every, almost every day. Uh, and I usually exercise right after work. So around five, six. Um, and how am I, I'm wondering, like, even myself, how am I going to do this? Because I'm waking up at 8.30 a.m., uh, 9 a.m., and then working till 5. Mm -hmm. And now with Ramadan coming up, I can't eat, I can't drink, I can't do anything. And then how am I going to work out afterwards? So, so what kind of advice would you have for a schedule like that? Yeah, I mean, so it's a big, big change-up, obviously. And um, uh, obviously everyone's different and everyone has different preferences. But obviously don't work out while you're fasting. Um, ideally, do not work out, especially in the middle of the day. Um, some people think, okay, I have a meal you know, so or like in the morning before you start your fast, your last meal, uh, they go and work out after that, and then you'll feel lethargic and tired the entire day. So obviously, that's not a good option. Um, some people work out right before they break their fast, which for some people it works. And if you're an experienced, experienced, have experience doing that, then I would recommend that because that gives you flexibility at night to, like you know, go pray and go go to the masjid and uh, spend time with your family and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously the ideal time. To work out is after you've had some type of food so like break your fast um have it hard and go work out obviously like you don't really we have other things to do we want to spend time with our family and then after that go to the masjid and pray um and then we don't want to stay up too late and go go after so obviously everyone is has different schedules and different um i guess things that they want to do in ramadan so they have to i guess adjust accordingly so yeah how would you for um People that okay, so we we have a thought. We have we break our fast with with the meal, but afterwards, we usually have other prayers to go to right towards the end of the night. Right. Uh, the most ideal thing for me is to try to shorten my exercise regimen. Okay. So what what should you aim for when you shorten the exercise? Because like ideally forty five minutes. Well, right. So how long are your workouts normally? Uh, forty five minutes to an hour. Forty hours to an hour. But sometimes they go to an hour and a half depending on. Okay on the day, yeah. but throughout Ramadan, I'm probably going to stick to 45 hours. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, you would uh, taper it down. You would, obviously, I think I would recommend, like, anyone who's already working out uh, consistently before Ramadan to basically take this as a deload month where you're basically taking off uh, the, like, if you normally do, like, three or, you normally do four sets or five sets of any given workout, drop a set. Like, drop it, and that will obviously uh, cut down your time in the gym. Um, and also cut down the weight that you're lifting. Don't try to push yourself in any PRs. The main goal um, should be to try to maintain the muscle mass that you've attained over the course of the year uh, so that after Ramadan you have lost progress um, and then you can just pick up where you left off. Um, if you take off the whole month or if you just become lazy and you don't do anything, you could come into a situation where you do lose a significant amount of strength uh, going back into the gym after our recommendation is obviously to lower the weight, lower the, the uh, sets, um, and then pick up where you left off. Is there a certain strategy though? Like for example, um, cardio, like focus on cardio during Ramadan versus weightlifting. I'm just giving an example. Or um, 
uh, full body workouts over uh, doing singular and, and really focusing in on right. one muscle. So it really depends on what you're doing prior. So if you're working out, like for me, I work out six days a week. And if I work out six days a week in Ramadan, I'm going to cut it in half. I'm only going to do three days. Um, right now I do like a push-pull leg split. So I'm doing push-pull legs three, like, um, yeah, so push-pull legs and then push-pull legs, so six days. I don't know, I'm going to split it into three workouts, uh, full body workouts. So it's going to focus on the major lifts, like squat, deadlift, uh, and uh, bench, and row. For focus on those, maybe some like exercises on top of that. But uh, just basically try to hit every body part three days a week, and it's just so I can maintain the muscle mass that I've, I've built for the past year. So you don't think... Because people feel bad, right? Like cutting down, oh, oh my God, like I'm going from six days a week to three days so a week. So mental. Like you have to like, you have to know that this is what's going to be best for your body because you're not hydrated, obviously. That's number one. And you're you're basically in a deficit, the majority of Ramadan. For most people, some people are not. Deficit meaning you're consuming much more, much less calories than you were consuming prior. Um, so you either way, you'll actually see equal amount of results, if anything, because your diet has become very strict. Well, I, I put it like this. Ramadan should not be a, a time that you focus on getting fitness results. Ramadan should be a time, obviously, it's Ramadan, so you should be focusing on your deen. You should be focusing on your religion and become a better Muslim. Uh, focusing on worshiping Allah, worshiping God the entire month. And anything taking you away from that fitness or anything else, you shouldn't do. So if you think that going to going to the gym uh, instead of going to the, to the mosque for prayer at night is better for you, it's not. Not in Ramadan. So skip that. Work out some other time or uh, try to figure out a schedule that works for you. Um, one thing I would recommend like uh, for people working at 9 to 5 every day, obviously going to the gym really late at night after you pray all night, not going to work. So I would recommend going Friday Saturday at night after so that you can just sleep in on Saturday Sunday um, and then pick a and then just do some cardio or do some walking or do some some of that some very light walking uh, right before you break your fast interesting so like kind of switch it up from week because I work out in the weekdays primarily and yeah. weekends off so switch yeah. it to weekends on week, if weekdays that, if off. that works for you some people yeah. just people are like students when I was in college like I worked out, played basketball all night, and then went to sleep, slept all day, uh, skipped my classes, and then went, and then went back uh, and then did it again every single day. So everyone has a different different needs, but just trying to find what works for you. Um, but obviously, if you're really hardcore in the gym, cut it down and try to take this month to focus on your religion, focus on getting becoming a better Muslim, and what the month is for. Um, obviously, you're, you're not going to hit any personal records. You're not going to significantly lose a lot, a lot of weight. And if you do, normally most people gain it back right after Ramadan anyway. So you shouldn't be like, okay, going somewhere like, wow, yeah, I can't wait till Ramadan because I'm going to lose 10 pounds. That's what a lot of people do. And a lot of people say that. Like after Ramadan, like during Ramadan, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. So I just wait for Ramadan. Then what happens afterwards? You just gain it back. Our bodies, our bodies doesn't work like that. So. What do you think of high interval training? Because that's, I'm a huge... Never in not even at night. I would not recommend it. I'm a, we are I'm a huge fan of high interval. Really? Yeah. Okay. What do you do? Um, I, I do 
jump squat, all, all that kind of interval training, but by three for, for a minute 10. Okay. I do a minute 10, minute 10, minute 10. Is that on top of your regular workout, or do you just do that as your workout? Uh, so, so sometimes I do it as my workout, but most of the time it's I do six workouts and then high interval training. But that's when I'm going off. Like that's when yeah. I'm really focusing on. Yeah. So I would recommend, like, if you were to just cut that out completely, because you're gonna be dehydrated, man. You're not really gonna get enough water, um, even if you're drinking all night. Like, you're still gonna be, you're gonna be legitimately dehydrated. Okay. So ca- cardio, you should kind of move away from high, high intensity, intensity cardio. Um, just I would recommend if you're doing cardio, just to do light walking or light jogging, depending on what your fitness level is. Um, like what I'm gonna to try to do is before it's far, obviously the weather's nice, just go on a like a one or two mile walk with like my wife and my kids, and then or just go kick the ball around, play soccer, or just stay active, um, and then try to hit the gym three days a week. I see. Okay, how about for diet? Like for let's start off with support, for example. But for anyone who doesn't know, support is is the son of the prophet, the way of the prophet, peace be upon him, where he would have a meal before Fajr, which is the first prayer out of the five which is also simultaneously sunrise where we do not, uh, where we start fasting and do not eat or drink. So for Sahur, this, this time period where we eat before Fesh, uh, would you recommend a big meal or a small meal? What would you recommend? I mean, I would recommend eating a good amount of food because uh, that's going to be your fuel for the day. Um, something so digest, that's, that's just slowly um, get some protein in. Um, that's what I recommend for all of the meals that you eat in Ramadan because um, that's going to keep you full. Um, can you... we can we break it down? For example, like that first meal before. So for Sahur, but... I would get. I mean, everyone has the food that they love to eat uh, in Ramadan. Um, for me, I eat. I eat some eggs, some dates, and uh, maybe some food, uh, just like an Egyptian dish. Food is beans. That's. I don't know. It's beans. Mostly. I mean, that's that's what, what we eat in Ramadan, there? though. They're, they're fava beans. Fava beans. Okay. Yeah. They're high in protein and fiber, right? Yeah. 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 So that that's what's gonna, I guess, keep you full all day. But what, what? I mean, there's a science behind what you're doing here. So why why the eggs? What why the combo of egg states and and so, beans? So. Yeah, I mean, obviously the eggs. Um, obviously, I add egg whites as well to increase the protein intake. Um, I'm gonna. I have very specific uh, macros that I follow. Macros like protein, carbs, and fat that I need to hit every single day. Um, and Ramadan, they're going to change, obviously. Uh, but in order to hit that, I need to eat a significant amount of food uh, in support. I see. And, and is that that's for someone trying to either maintain or gain weight? It's uh, for me, and then for doing for my clients as well. It's for everyone. You're trying to gain oh. weight, you're trying to maintain weight, you're trying to lose weight. You should have an understanding of what your macronutrient uh, breakdown should be. Right, but like if someone's trying to lose weight, which is half of the most of the population at least, to be honest, like, you can do the same. You can eat a lot in Ramadan and still lose weight, but like I said before, Ramadan should not be a time for you to try to lose weight. Yeah. Just to be honest, it should be a time for you to try to keep to maintain your weight. Problem is, a lot of people gain weight. There's a lot of people gain weight. I just put a poll on my uh, Instagram to, and ask people: uh, Do you gain weight, lose weight, or maintain your weight in Ramadan? I think I'm at, right now I'm at sixty percent. People said they gain weight. My entire life I've gained weight. In the last two years I've finally gotten it to. I mean, my entire life I've gained. Yeah, gained. On the last two years I've been able to maintain. I've never been able to lose just yet. Okay. So okay. So the first meal before we start fasting, yeah. you recommend protein, fiber, and 
Anything else? Carbs? Yeah, Do you protein, think carbs? Carbs, fats, everything. Everything. Yeah. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or gain weight. Yeah. So it's a misconception that any of the macronutrients are bad for you and can prevent you from losing. What are what are macronutrients? So like you said, carbs, fats, and uh, protein. I see. Okay. Yeah. So people demonize carbs, saying that's what makes you gain weight, or demonize fat and say that makes me gain weight, or says if you eat too much protein, you'll have kidney problems. There's so many, so many, so many different misconceptions out there. Um, but the majority of science says that um, just having a well-balanced diet of primarily like whole foods and healthy foods um, will work. Like like no, so, nothing processed, like chips and. The key is basically being in a. If you want to lose weight, you're being in a calorie deficit, and if you want to gain weight, being in a calorie surplus. If you want to maintain, just seeing maintain. And everyone's everyone. The amount that you have to eat is going to be different depending on your goal and depending on the individual. Right, but a lot of people don't count calories. Right? They're just not going to do that. Like That's too much effort. Yeah. What, what would you say to that? Uh, yeah, so in regards to that, I think that it's important for you to know what you're consuming. Um, like Obviously, counting calories all the time, 24-7, forever, is unreasonable. But to, in order to begin on your fitness journey or in order to know what you're consuming, you have to at least do a, few, a little bit. I recommend people do that for a few weeks or a month. Just so you understand. Obviously, not in Ramadan. It's completely different, but... Just to understand what you're consuming and understanding how many calories you're consuming. Because you think that, you know, I'm eating healthy uh, and I'm not losing weight. But then you realize that you're eating healthy three or four or five days out of the week. And then on the weekends, you're eating like three, four thousand calories. And basically, the, the total average is way more than what you need. Mm -hmm. That's why you're gaining weight. Or that your metabolism has slowed down from dieting uh, to a point where, like, your body just tries to retain as much food as possible and as much fat as possible just to survive. So, like, it's all it's all about it's all about your uh, your energy energy inverse energy out your energy balance so energy output is composed of four main things right so it'd be your basal metabolic rate which is the basically the rate at which your body burns calories at rest like at basically do nothing like your body is just laying down completely like just to stay keep the lights on keep your keep you alive isn't that for males around 2,000 calories a day? It's about 60% of the total energy output. So like about 50 to 60% of the energy output is just doing nothing. And, every, and had, had being a male uh, or a larger person or having more muscle mass, well, that number would be larger, um, which is why building muscle is very important, having muscle mass. Um, and then there's, so that's number one. Then there's NEAT, which is uh, non-exercise activity thermogenesis so that's like doing activities like me moving my hands right now or fidgeting or walking or doing things or washing the dishes or anything that's mm -hmm. just normal activity non-exercise activity and then there's and then that's like the probably the second highest one so that's very important that's why i recommend for all my clients to hit ten thousand steps a day just go walking because that's going to really increase your output and then there's obviously exercise activity the more you exercise the more energy output and then there's TEF, which is thermic effect of food, which is your digest digestion of food, um, and then different foods have different thermic effects. So, those are like the four main things. And your body is very resilient in 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 staying alive. So, like if you drop your calories significantly, which a lot of people do in Ramadan, you could go into a situation where your body starts to adapt to that. So, th and it's good because that's why we feel lethargic in the beginning, or, or tired. Because our body is like, oh my God, what's going on? We're not eating. Like, what's going on? And then 
is when our body starts to adjust, and then by the third week, second, third week, by the end of Ramadan, we're just we're chilling. Like it's it's fine, right? It's not a big deal. You're still hungry, but your body is adjusted. Um, and then that's why a lot of people could potentially gain weight because their body is adjusted and their metabolic rate could have slowed down a little bit uh, just to adjust for the lack of uh, activity, lack, lack of food. And obviously, we're not walking anywhere. We're not doing anything. A lot of people just sleep all day or just lay around. So that meat, that non-exercise activity, shrinks to almost nothing. That's why I recommend you go walking. Like, Even when you're fasting? Especially when you're fasting because we're not, we, we sit around. Yeah. When you're hungry, you don't go wash the dishes or you don't run around and go play or like you don't really you try to find a reason to rest until you break your fast but with intermittent fasting for example it's it's shown it's proven that fasting can actually increase memory and energy and and things like that so wouldn't us we hit that kind of uh high of energy and and yeah if you say if you stay moving i think that if you if you if you just sit around and do nothing, you're you you won't have any energy. Like you'll find that if you do go and you exercise or you go walking, you'll feel more energy throughout the day. I think. So it's like a for for when we're fasting, basically you're saying be be in the middle. You shouldn't be out there doing high intensity training, uh, exercising while you're fasting, but you shouldn't also be sitting there laying on the couch. Yeah, absolutely not. You just be sitting there. Yeah, you want to make sure that you're you're staying active because. Um, you don't you don't want to gain weight during Ramadan. Like you said, you're gaining weight because you're not really moving. You're eating a lot, uh, especially at night. We're, we're just stuffing our faces, which is counterintuitive and not even. I don't think it's very Ramadan like to stuff your face at night. It's and that's that's what I wanted to get at next is <laughs> that that's the part right there, and especially because what what's my group going to be during Ramadan? It's right at eight seven thirty eight seven thirty eight. So. How are we going to, and, and it's especially because it's not good to eat at night. It's not, well, it's not good to eat late, right? Uh, and, and you kind of break down why. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of uh, another. That's st- not true, first huh? of all. Oh. Eating late is a, that's also a myth. Like eating late is going to cause you to gain weight. It's all about, like what? I said, energy input, energy output. I eat until I go to sleep. I, I mean, obviously, sometimes, I mean, obviously, it's not good for your body to eat a huge meal before you go to sleep because of the digestion, digestive process. Uh, could potentially keep you up or cause distress in your gut, but if you're like healthy, if you're healthy, I think there's no there's no reason to. I always thought because your body's burning so much calories while you're sleeping, why waste that on the, it burning the food in your you're, stomach? You're, you're thinking too granular. I think it's you have to be looking at it from a total calorie input and output. Um, I look at it as like all the way out to the entire week, like for me. For example, like if I right now my calorie intake right now is about twenty four hundred calories, what I'm consuming on a daily, and on any given day if I go up to three thousand, I drop my calories on the other days so I can compensate. So I can be the average is about twenty four hundred. So I'm going all the way up to the micro level, like all the way high up there. Whereas that a lot of people focus on like okay I can't eat after eight o'clock, or um, I can't eat this cake because I'm gonna get fat. But if you if you look at it that way, then you're gonna really stress yourself out for no reason. Where you should be just thinking about what your total total calorie input and total calorie output is gonna be. And how do you base the total off of a week or a month? A day? I mean you can do it daily. Daily is what what I do for my clients. Like I tell them, this is what your this is how many much protein, this is how many carbs, how many fat that you should hit. Um, obviously there's variables and like you can flexibility in there. Um, 
and I don't restrict any foods uh, from their diets, especially in the beginning, um, just so that they can have become, uh, I guess, have a healthy relationship with food. Uh, and then, especially in Ramadan, like, there's so many good food, so much good food out there. Like, you want to eat that stuff, and there's no reason you shouldn't. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure that the majority of your food is is healthy. Uh, make sure that you're getting sufficient amount of protein and micronutrients, and you're getting like healthy fats, things like that, and not just getting all the samosas and all the tinaka and all the, the, the sweets, the sweets, desserts, the sweets, and the fried food. That's what everyone goes for. So. Yeah. Because your body's like really itching for high calorie food, right? Yeah, I think you could. If you want to eat high calorie, go ahead, but just make something that's not fried. Or not. And if you do, go ahead, eat one or two samosas, then go have your real, like, healthy lean meats, and a little bit of vegetables, some dates and fruits, um, some fiber. You know. So what, and then what? enjoy the stuff afterwards, like a little bit, <laughs> not a whole lot. Yeah. What would yeah. you say, okay, what would you recommend then? Because we usually stay up during Ramadan till 11, 12, 1 a.m. I mean, most Muslims stay up way later than they usually do yeah. during Ramadan. So what what would be the cutoff time, you, you'd say, for eating? Sure. Right before you... For <laughs> eating? For everything. Anything. Wow. I mean, you have a short window. Take advantage of it and consume the food that you need to eat. Like, um, If you feel uncomfortable and like you can't sleep because you just ate, because uh, people have the stress or like, some gut issues or... Um, I mean, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't recommend you having a very, very big meal and then going to sleep. Um, like, have your meal, your big meal, and then maybe have something small before you go to sleep. Is there even an hour range? Like, oh, don't don't eat before you sleep for like an hour. Everyone is different. Okay. But there's no science, no backed science saying that if you if you eat after this time, you're going to get fat. If you're going to gain weight, you gain weight because your output is less. So what? Okay, so let's go back to that the dinner that we have after the fourth prayer, Maghrib, where we break our fast. Yeah. How large should that meal be? Because a lot of people stuff themselves where they can't breathe. Yeah, I right? mean, so obviously, like we should follow the sunnah and follow what our prophet uh, Gandhi did, and drink water and a date or dates, right? So staying hydrated, make sure you drink a sufficient amount of water, uh, and then go in and have have your samosa or have whatever like cultural food you want to have but in moderation and then have uh, a moderate meal that's not too not too big and don't stuff yourself uh, and just follow our sunnah like I said the Prophet just left a third of his stomach empty yeah it was a, a third third food third water third breath yeah so and that's obviously like the ideal situation and that we what we should do um, just be mindful don't don't be <laughs> don't be reckless like that's all but it's hard saying. right because you haven't eaten yeah, all day yeah but like what's the point of Ramadan in general like why are we fasting to one of them is to, to remove gluttony which is actually a, a, a form of sin yeah. and what are we doing so we break our fast we're just indulging in like an excess amount of foods that's why used to, that's why 60% of people have gained weight mm. and at least the, the people I've asked so far but um yeah, and like it's about self control. Like you're talking about in your other podcast that I listened to, like trying to abstain from sin and trying to trying to basically remove those desires that we have 
And then if you just go ahead and as soon as the sun goes down, you go and jump in and do and fulfill all your desires. Like what kind of self-control is that? Obviously, it's not haram to eat unhealthy food or like eat um, like sweets and stuff like that, but it's not really benefiting you um, at all to, to consume majority unhealthy foods or foods that make you feel lethargic and bad or foods that could potentially help you or make you gain weight. What would you say should be the bigger meal? The meal before we start fasting or the meal when it's end fasting? Everyone's different. I'm not recommending anyone. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do uh, as far as regarding their eating. Um, whatever they feel comfortable with. Uh, I mean, a lot of times, like... Should it be either or? Know. Should it be like one should be bigger than the other, depending which one to they me, choose? Just from my perspective, like, you should eat, you should eat whatever you need to... To fulfill what you need, what your body needs, right? Just don't be reckless. Uh, for me, like I'm, I'm trying to hit numbers, <laughs> so for me, it's very specific because um, I have very specific goals. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of flexibility, uh, but like just trying to manage it without being reckless, and because people are gaining weight in Ramadan, that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. You should feel better coming out of Ramadan than you did going in. And gaining weight is not going to feel, make you feel good, right? And obviously, if you did gain weight, you probably ate unhealthy, and you probably just felt bad after you ate all those things. Like felt not bad as in guilty, but bad as in like too full or totally. Yeah. So, do you, would you say there there should be a difference in what did you call it? Macro. Macronutrients. Okay, macronutrients should be a, there. Be a difference in your focus of macronutrients when it comes to the first, uh, the, the suhoor meal versus the, the breaking fasting? I think that um, protein and fats are really going to make you feel more full for most people. So, and then our carbs give you energy uh, for most people. So, but high protein, um, high fiber, uh, high fat uh, usually is what most people feel, uh, what feels that most people makes them feel full. Um, and then Yeah. Just have a balanced meal, is what I can say. Have all three. Don't just eat like just a bunch of carbs or don't just eat a bunch of fat. Just have, have a well-balanced meal. What would you say is the best way to, or best tactic to have energy during Ramadan, during the daytime? So you can kind of do all the things that we've talked about. Obviously, it's to make sure that you're, you're eating and you're hydrating well at night during the day. Drink water as soon as you break your fast. Drink water right before you, you start your fast. Drink water throughout the night. Um, try to set a target for yourself. Um, and everyone is going to have a different target based on your body size and how much you can drink. But just try to stay hydrated, get a good amount of food, and uh, don't exert yourself too much during the day. How, how would you stay hydrated? Uh, like once uh, you, you hit that mark, okay, 8 p.m. comes. Now you have from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. What should be the tactic or style that you recommend to stay hydrated? Just drink water whenever you can. I know, but like, okay, so, so... I would say as soon as you break your fast... Like, how many of those water bottles would you have? The one that you have right now? Uh, this is about 28 ounces. Uh, probably five. Five? Six. I mean, I'm trying to get... Right now, I'm trying to get close to um, maybe like three liters of water a day, but my mom's on like decreasing significantly. Um, so maybe like two liters. Have, but uh, just try to stay stay hydrated. And I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like 
I can't really tell someone how to how to eat or how to drink. It's just a matter of making sure that you have well-balanced meals um, and you don't overeat because, to be honest, like our stomachs shrink in Ramadan and uh, we're not really going to be able to consume as much food. So make sure the food that you eat like actually makes a difference. It keeps you full. Yeah. Right? And then just drink and just stay hydrated and drink water and don't exert yourself too much. So out of the popular Ramadan foods, I mean, you mentioned what, samosas, right? Uh, kunefa, uh, basbusa, I don't know if you know basbusa. Course, yeah. um, these kind of, these kind of, what would you, is there ones that you're like, guy, you should stay away from these specifically? No. I don't say that about any food at all. Um, because that, you shouldn't make something haram for you, something impermissible for you. Has been made. It's pork. Stay with the pork. But you can also argue that there's a form of hormoneya, a form of haram. If you overindulge, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you have, if you're eating kanafa, just don't eat five, six pieces. Eat one or two pieces. To be honest, that's not even. It's not really going to impact you much at all. It's, it's not going to. It's not like it's super, super high calorie. Because the problem is, people when they they want to lose should, weight, right? Yeah. Is they, they'll be real strict. No, no, I can't even have one piece of kunefa. I can't have rice. I can't, you know. You go. That's an all or nothing mentality. It is. And that's, and what, it, that's what, that's why majority of people who uh, go on a diet crash. Exactly. Because you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in on this diet. I'm going to make it. I'm going to lose this weight. And then that's, and it gets hard and you have cravings and other people are eating good food around you and then come to a breaking point where like okay I can't do this anymore and then you go binge and then you gain the weight back and then you come back again like okay let me try it again and why you're doing this yo that's what they call yo-yo dieting where you keep going back and forth back and forth and you're completely destroying your body and your metabolism and just your overall um, just your entire psyche uh, by doing that and then your relationship with food suffers so like that's why like when I um, when I try to want to bring a client on, try to completely demolish that that thinking. We're like, we're gonna go really hard. We're not. We're gonna go at your pace. We're gonna find out where you are, gonna meet you where you're at, and try to take you where you want to go, and make sure that it's a balanced approach. Because a balanced approach is what's sustainable. And like, if you go, and it's the same thing. Like, like in Islam, you approach Islam. Like, okay, I'm gonna. If you like a, a new convert, like you had on your podcast. Earlier, if, you, if he comes in the religion and say, you can't do any of this, so you're coming into the religion, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you're going to pray five times a day, you're going to fast 30 days, you're going to cut out alcohol, you're going to do all of this, and then they go like, oh, okay, I'll try it, and then it gets too hard, and then they leave the dean. Or like someone someone puts them off and they leave the dean. Like it's, you have to, it has to be in moderation, and you have to bring, you have to meet someone where they're at and take them where they need to go. And increments. Yeah, because as you're saying, a lot of people don't realize you want to do this for the rest of your life. There's no way for the rest of your life you're not going to have connection. So accepting the fact that this is going to be a part of your life, like fitness and health is going to be part of your life, and then knowing that a balanced approach is going to take you where you want to be, and uh, understanding that the all or nothing mentality is extremely, extremely dysfunctional and bad for you. People think that they can go from like a sports analogy, you, you can't go from not doing, not playing basketball at all to becoming Michael Jordan in the 
next day. And that's what yo-yo dieting is, right? Is that you're going from eating all these fatty foods, chips, soda, fried food, and then suddenly you're eating like soup and like, keto yeah. and all these things. Oh, I hate keto. I've done I hate keto. I did keto for a whole year. Um, it works for a lot of people. It works, but it's not sustainable. Yeah, so people go on those crash diets, go on the keto, or like, just pick, a, pick any diet you want to pick. Um, and then they do it for a while, and then they stop. And it's not sustainable. Um, there's those statistics out there that, uh, I think 80, so it's 80% of people who go out and, to lose weight, they usually lose the weight about 10% uh, 10 of their body weight. Uh, but within uh, a year, they gain it all back, and more. Ninety-five percent of people gain it back in six years. So only five percent of people who go on diets actually succeed in keeping their weight off successfully over 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 two years. I feel like the the mentality of even calling it a diet is the issue in the first place. Because a diet immediately implies, at least to me, that it's short term. Like I'm doing this for a little bit, and then I'm good. I mean, so the way you look at, look at a diet, like. Diet can mean something short-term, or diet can be just the way you eat, right? So your diet should be something that you can sustain forever. Whatever you, whatever path you take to lose weight or gain weight or whatever your goal is, that path should be, you should look at it as in like, whatever path I'm taking here is what I'm going to do forever. Like, I'm going to sustain this forever. And for most people, it's not keto. Right. And for most people, it's not like carnivore, which is like eating only meat. Or like, for most people, it's a balanced diet, carbs, fats, protein, sweets, moderation, but just having a well-balanced diet. Um, and that's why, like, I try to to break that mindset um, where like, oh, you only like a lot of people are set on like I need to do this in order to lose weight. Or I just need to be just need to have an overall goal. And just have a flexible mindset and just go towards your goal. Right? Would, do you believe in Ramadan cheat days? Not like cheat days so when it comes to the fasting, word, but the word cheat. Do you even itself, believe in cheat days? The word, no. I mean, the word cheat itself is has a bad connotation to it. Like you're sinning, you're cheating, you're going against what you're supposed to be doing. That's not true. It's not. It's not wrong to have uh, like a big meal, like cheat day. Like, it's like, okay, a cheat day is basically what we're talking about now. It's like you're unable to sustain this, so you have to have a cheat day just so you can feel good. No, you should feel good all the time. You should feel feel like, okay, today I'm going to have a donut for breakfast, and I'll be fine with it. I'm not going to feel guilty after eating it. That's what cheating insinuates, that you're going to be guilty afterwards, and you can get back on track after. So, so you don't even believe in cheat days in the first place? I don't, I don't use that word. Because that's an indication of yo-yo dieting. In many ways. Indi yes, indication that you're doing something wrong. Mm. Yeah. What would you What would you then kind of recommend for? I guess I guess long term dieting, like how, because you, you can you tell us your experience with with how how you do long term dieting or how you do it with others. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously you should have a goal in mind. Like you want to lose weight, you want to gain weight, uh, you want to maintain your weight. Everyone has a goal in their head. It's just if you want to gain weight, you're gonna to have to be in a caloric surplus over a period of time. If you want to lose weight, 
weight, you're going to have to be able to deficit over a period of time. How do you maintain it? You just have to maintain your weight. Um, the way I work with my clients is they come in and they have a specific goal. Um, sometimes I try to change, try to change with the thought process on what they think their goal should be and what, what it actually needs to be. Right. So, like, um, for example, some of my clients come on board. Let's say, like, for one one of the, one guy came on board. Um, what is it? Three weeks ago or a month ago, uh, he weighed two hundred pounds. He's like, I want to, I want to lose twenty pounds. He's like, that's my goal. I want to lose twenty pounds. I want to, I want to get in shape. Okay, cool. Um, he's three weeks in. He's at one ninety nine. But his body's completely changed. Because weight is not an it's, actual indicator weight, of weight it's loss. It's not an indication of success or weight loss. Of fat loss. Of fat, fat loss. Fat. Yes, yes. Sir. So his body's changed. Like his stomach came in and he feels good about himself and he says I haven't um, he said he hasn't eaten this much food before he's eating, he's eating a lot more food than he used to eat and he's losing weight and he feels good about himself so it's it's a uh, change your mindset like that scale is not the barometer of success success is how you feel success is how you look like if, if you feel like you're, you're, you're losing weight and you're shedding fat like success is um how much energy you have. There are so many other measures of success, uh, and the Ramadan gives you all those other measures of success, like where you can you feel like lethargic all the time, but like at the end of Ramadan, you feel fulfilled, right? So, I mean, there's so many other measurements of success, and I don't think that just looking at the scale is really gonna, that's why I say to my clients, like, don't worry about anything during Ramadan. This is where you're gonna go in, make sure you don't lose muscle, Try to make sure your protein intake is, is up there. Stay moving, stay active. These are your like modified workouts, and just make sure that we maintain progress. Yeah, like I look completely different now than I did even just a year ago, uh-huh. and I'm still the same weight. Yeah, and I'm still 190. There you go. Right? It's and I'm like, how am I 190? I swear, I'm like, yeah. it's like no, it doesn't matter because muscle per you know per unit weighs more than fat. Nice. So yeah, uh, as a fitness coach. And as a Muslim, uh, knowing the knowing Ramadan, knowing Islam's uh, strategy towards fasting, right. what what are some of the benefits that you're able to kind of link between the two? Uh, what are, what are some of the benefits of fasting? I guess the benefits of fasting, I think, uh, especially in Ramadan, um, there's science behind it. It's good for your body to detox your body. You're getting rid of your during your fasting period. You're getting rid of a lot of bad cells and even your old cells, things like that. Um, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know all of the science behind it. Um, but that goes back to like how you eat. Like if you're if you're eating like very dirty and very bad at night, you're you're basically countering with what Ramadan is actually supposed to do for your body. Um, cleanse your body. Cleanse your colon too, like you know, there's so many things that Ramadan and fasting can do for you. Um, and for some people a lot of people you lose weight in Ramadan. Fast your six days of Shawwal, which is recommended like the next month after Ramadan to fast those six days of, of, of Shawwal, then you're basically uh, coming into Ramadan. Like, usually, uh, you re- it's recommended to fast in Sha- uh, Shaban, right? The month before Ramadan. That way, you're coming into Ramadan already in a slight caloric deficit. Like, you're basically tapering off the amount of food that you're eating. 
coming to Ramadan, we sustain that, and then going into Shawwal, we're slowly going back up. An extreme drop, an extreme rise in caloric uh, intake can cause metabolic dysfunction. So the Sunnah, the Sunnah and what's recommended by, by our Prophet, peace upon him, is, is scientifically works for our human bodies. Like it, it actually tells us, it actually tells us to taper off our food before and then taper our food back up afterwards by doing those six days. Well, for me, like this, that was my perception of it, going into looking at the science and looking at the sunnah and how a sunnah backs what science tells us uh, our bodies need. Yeah, and it's, it's, yeah. it's a miracle how science backs up a lot of oh, yeah. the things that the prophets said. Like even when the prophet peace be upon him told us uh, that the best form of dieting is that of David's, uh, or the best form of fasting is that of David's every other day. Now it's like, oh, if you intermittent fast every other day. <laughs> Yeah, that's the best form of dieting, right? It's like the yeah. mo most popular trend for dieting. Yeah, everything, yeah, everything that we, uh, everything in the sunnah. That's why I never discredit. I mean, you shouldn't obviously. It's, it's the sunnah, but anything that sunnah you think is unhealthy, like I know if I've had people come up to me saying, "I don't fast from Ramadan because it's so unhealthy, it's so bad for you." I was like, "It's not." I was like, "The sunnah, like whatever the sunnah tells us to do, is definitely good for your body." It's be and. They used to say that before something like intermittent fasting came out. As People the come most out now and say, you know, dry fasting, like not drinking water, that's even better for you. I'm like, uh, are you kidding? <laughs> you guys were just lecturing us like, like just a couple years ago. You've been that for 1,400 years, bro. <laughs> yeah. I swear, like, it, I remember five years ago because I was, I was on intermittent fasting because I still intermittent fast to this day. I've been doing it for five years. Uh, and when I back five years ago, people would be like, "This is so bad for you. I could never do this. I would die." And so the same thing would 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 have happened with Ramadan. And now those same people are coming to me, going like, "Yeah, fasting is the best thing for you," and stuff like that. I'm just like, it's crazy how our religion's always a step ahead of uh, these guys and a lot of stuff. But that's honestly that's all that I have for you. You were, mashallah, you were able to really be efficient in in, in answering those questions. So. This, I appreciate you having me, bro. Do you have anything for me? Any? I just want to work. We gotta go to get in the gym together, man. I want to see what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. You know, just yeah. yeah. I go there. Absolutely. And you have a fitness page now, right? Yeah. Uh, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the uh, uh, Hattie Fitness? So H A D Y Fitness. Hattie Fitness. Jam Hattie, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, Guys, you. give him a follow if you can. I, <laughs> dude, your videos are hilarious, especially the one where you're like. Breaking down the, oh, yeah. the, the press. No, that was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate you for coming on. It's an honor. All right. Thanks. Thank you, man.